0: restaurant unstoppable episode
1: 299 you're always kind of on the lookout for who wants more you know eric you work for us you've been waiting tables but i can see that glint in your eye that you want to chop someday like what little bit can we show you that would help but like also like it's a value-added thing you're going to be a better employee for us
0: Hiring a consultant to train your staff and to improve your restaurant can be expensive. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just get advice from world champion baristas and leading restaurant consultants without spending thousands of dollars? Tipsy believes you should have the chance to learn new skills whenever you need to, which is why they have hundreds of hospitality courses available for only $9 a month. To give you a little something extra, as a Restaurant Unstoppable listener, you can also get 50% off your first month. All you gotta do is Click the tipsy banner in the show notes. Get on it. Are you opening a restaurant and stressing out with where to start? Or perhaps you've already opened your restaurant and you're finding yourself completely overwhelmed with the day to day task that only you know how to do. If you feel this way, I've got good news. You don't have to do it alone, nor should you regain control of your business and your life with restaurants. Owner.com. And if you go to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable, you will get a 10 day pass for only $1. Get on it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, RJ Joyce. RJ, are you feeling unstoppable today, my man?
1: Absolutely, Eric. Unstoppable today. Yeah, buddy. So
0: RJ Joyce is a graduate of the University of New Hampshire, where his focus was business administration, management, and operations. He spent the next 13 years further developing and fine-tuning his management and operations skills until 2013. When he became partner of his first restaurant, Gigi's Italian Food and Drink. In 2015, he partnered with James Woodhouse to open his second restaurant, Louis, located in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Obviously, just scraping the service, not diving into all the detail here, RJ, but I can't wait to learn more about you. Before we do that, we need to get that motivational inspirational, ball rolling with a success quote or a mantra. What do you got for us?
1: You got it, man. Um, More just kind of like the general style of general mantra, but I truly believe that it's something like in our business, we try to be better every single day. Mm. So that's like, I start, you start with yourself, start to improve yourself. Then you can help the team and all those others around you. But it's truly like in our business, Things happen every day and you try to learn and be better. And that's – the people that do this industry really well, I feel like that's a common thing that everybody has.
0: Dude, it's so true. And I, I feel like uh, – I think it was it Thomas Keller that talked about this. Like you'll never reach perfection but the only thing you can do, the only thing you have control of is the – the version of you were you know being better than the version you were yesterday and as long as you do that every day you'll never be perfect because that's not a real thing but you will be the best that you can possibly be and that's all you can be uh yeah so, totally I love it dude awesome way to get this thing started so uh let's find out more about how you got to where you are today so um like just take it like when when did you know that this industry was going to be your career, not just a for now job.
1: Well, it was kind of like a, it was like a slow rolling snowball at the beginning. So we grew up just to give you a little background on myself. I grew up right here in New Hampshire. I grew up in Epping and, um, my mom and my late stepdad, uh, have a farm. Okay. And so we grew up, we grew up, my brother and I just have one brother. Uh, we grew up on that farm working, uh, Working on the farm before getting into the service industry, so it was like this cool culmination. They had just bought the farm. We're all kind of learning as you go, but growing, growing food for people.
2: Yep.
1: And then uh, when I was younger, I started catering. I worked at a private club, the Rye Beach Club, a nice prestigious club around our area that's been around a long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and really, that's when I really started really loving service and and knowing that like that's something like the. Uh, the desire to serve kind of thing and get, mm. taking a lot of that. That's where that really started going.
0: RJ, how old were you when you were doing this?
1: Uh, catering. I probably started at 17. Okay. I probably both those, both those jobs when I was about seventeen, sixteen, seventeen 16, 17 years old.
0: So RJ, bring me to a moment, uh, where it clicked with you. Um, when you were like, shit, I love what I'm doing. I, I love making other people happy. I love the service industry. Can you bring me to a specific moment in time where y- you remember this all coming together in your head?
1: God, it's like throwing like, do you have like little glimpses of those moments along the way? We still have them. I still have them 20 years later when you, when things go right. We talked mm. about at the in terms of learning from all the mistakes that, invariably happen in this business but those moments when like you throw a really great party people may have had that you you may have had that on like new year's day somebody you have friends over and you know when you're just when things just feel right and you're like Mm. yeah nailed it you have a lot of those moments along the way and then i say it was probably when i started working at out of college i worked down at abe and louis in the back bay nice high-end steakhouse in Boston. Okay. Those were like kind of like the really high leverage moments where people or guests were in there for a really good time. And uh, when you pulled off those kind of days, those were the ones that made me be like, you know what, Uh, that kind of gratification for all the hard work are ones that – for me just said, all right, this is it. This is, this is a business I want to be in.
0: Dude, you got to get specific. I want a time. You don't have to give me all the times. Just give me a specific time where you pulled it off and it was rewarding and you made someone's name. Like any example you can think of that when you, the first thing that comes to your mind, just bring me to that moment so we can kind of feel what you were feeling
1: you know it's. Yeah, I know it's such a cop out kind of answer, but gosh, we we're fortunate to have a lot of we're fortunate to have a lot of them. Say like I'll even take you back to New Year's Eve this year at Louis, our current restaurant. Right. Um, are those kind of nights when you're kind of loaded for bear and you know the the books are full all throughout the night, and you've got a special night, so people are looking to come for a special kind of experience, and you're serving stuff you know even nicer than you normally do on any given night, okay. and thus the pressure is even higher. But at those end of the nights, when you just, when everybody comes up and you get a hug on the way out the door and you see a smile on somebody's yeah. face when the expectations are highest, yeah. those, those are the nights where you're just like, yep, mm. yeah, oh, yeah. We're, this is good and we're good. And like I said, it's not that those happen every night and they don't quite frankly, because for those of us that, that love it, love it. We obsess about the mistakes you do mm-hmm. make in terms wishing that you just you don't make them because we don't like making
0: them. Yeah, I hear you, man. So what is it exactly? It sounds like you you, you were fortunate enough to learn this at a young age uh, that you were truly passionate about the industry. What is it exactly? What is your purpose? What drives you? What's your why? Why do you do it every day?
1: I guess I love I just love the. So I love the service part, but I just love the, the whole system. So I spend to just give you a, a glimpse in terms of my days. And so I still farm with my mom in the mornings. So I was there bright and early this wow. morning. And so for me, it's, there's like a cool connectivity to it all in that I can literally just in the morning, you're kind of, you're doing the food thing, mm-hmm. you're growing. Food, and then you're worrying about, you know, the administrative and the service stuff at the end. And then if all goes right, you know, people come in and enjoy great food and you kind of see the whole system closed mm-hmm. by the, the day. And that's a really fulfilling kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I can imagine, First, I'm, It's completely selfish on <laughs> on my end.
0: Well, it's a good reason, man. I, I got to admit, it's a great reason. And I'm curious, when you were, so you were 17, 18 years old where you really started being drawn to this industry. You went to UNH. You were studying operations, uh, management business. Uh, I'm curious, did you know at that age that you were going to one day own a restaurant? Was that the goal? Or were you still figuring it out at that time?
1: Yeah, always still, always still figuring it out. One cool little side gig, which is awesome because it's still, I still get a chance to see this person quite a bit here in our restaurant, is I used to, in the summer times when I was 17, 18, 19, 20, right around those years, I would wash dishes on uh, Chau Italia, which is an Italian cooking show that Marianne Esposito's had for about 30 years. Okay. Through a friend of the family um, who, were producer, who was a producer for her show. So we got a chance to know Marianne out, uh, you know, out of school, um, and they needed they needed someone they needed volunteers to wash dishes on the set. And so when I was younger, I used to just go wash dishes on her uh, cooking show set. So there was like kind of all of these like little little windows because that got me really more obsessed with food and more specifically with our first two restaurants. They're Italian centric, and so that kind of gave me like the focus, but it also kind of really sunk the hooks in. To, like yes, food needs to be a part of my professional life. Not only, cool thing about food. Aside again, <laughs> is that you know, food's a part of all of our lives. Which Absolutely, I always, it's like it's the coolest thing because we all need to eat it's in some life. way. So you got it. It's got to happen. Yeah. Like when it becomes your profession and you happen to love it, then it's like, you know, life's, life's pretty all right at that point.
0: Oh, yeah, man. So I'm curious. Let me just ask you, at what point in your career, because uh, 2000, you graduated from UNH. Uh, you went out to the uh, Virgin Isles, St. John. Uh, you're working in an in inn for a while. Um, at what time did you start getting intentional? Meaning you were doing certain things to end up somewhere. Take me to when that started to happen for you.
1: Yeah, I, I think probably moving down to St. John. My business partner uh, James Woodhouse and um, and I moved to St. John together. Okay, we've, we've been friends since high school, and um, it was kind of always we had we had had a pipe dream at that point. So this was in 2000. We said we're going to move uh, to the Virgin Islands and we're going to open up. We're going to open up a, a bar or a restaurant. Awesome. Virtual but, you know, in this business, luckily, you, you know, if you're willing to work hard, there's jobs to be had yep. anywhere in the world. Absolutely, And so kind of one of those things, we definitely knew that we weren't ready at that point. But it was something that we would always read books on management steps that you need to do along the way. Uh, just kind of you're in that you're in the information gathering kind of bit. But at that point, I don't think we had like a specific timeline. But it was it was the goal. Awesome.
0: Um, and what were you doing in your life to help you achieve that goal?
1: Um, I don't know, just being immersed in it, like in this business, like experience just helps so much seeing things because it's, it's a lot like, I mean, a lot of people liken it to the theater and that, that there's no two days that are ever the same, but by being on stage or seeing more things, you're just more equipped to handle A lot of things more gracefully Mm. and so at that point i mean it was also my 20s and i lived on i lived in the caribbean and so (laughs) you know sure we we worked very hard but there was also a lot of fun to be had in that stage in life as well by no means would i consider myself a 100% dedicated professional at all times uh (laughs) nor in the 20s (laughs)
0: how can you be i get you man uh so i'm curious so it seems on paper, like you're very intentional about who you were surrounding yourself with. Maybe you just got lucky, but it sounds like you've had some pretty incredible people influencing in your life. I know for a fact, uh, the black trumpet, uh, with Evan Mallet. I mean, up here, he is an influencer. People look to him for guidance as a a role model. And you had the privilege of, of working underneath him or beside him. Um, What about in the Virgin Isles? I mean, it sounds like you established roots and relationships there that ended up serving you in later on in your life. So did all these things just happen to come about or were you being intentional about who you're surrounding yourself with? I mean,
1: you always you always want to be. I guess you want to be. But I gosh, I think a lot of it gets chopped up to just what can I swear on here?
0: I want you to be the real RJ Joyce. Yeah, no problem. Well, I thought <laughs> my my, uh,
1: my late great uncle Johnny used to say, you can uh, swear, but just mean to swear. S- be
0: S- swear with a smile is what I like
1: exactly. to say. <laughs> uh, but it is shit. So much of it was shit luck, you know, in yeah. terms of. But I also feel like um, good people that work hard attract other people that work hard. And there's always something to be learned working with people that work hard. They may not be the like the, the absolute prototype of who you would like to be a mentor and things like that. Although I'm really fortunate in that I've worked with people. um, But it's been cool. Uh, I live, when I worked down there in the Virgin islands, it's a, it's a, it's a husband and wife who's uh, who have been down there for nearly 40 years now. They're from New Jersey and um, just really hardworking salt of the earth kind of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so they, they taught me a lot and, down there to live in the islands, um, to vacation in the islands is something totally different than living down there. And the amount of different kind of challenges and hurdles and those kinds of things that um, that you get experienced to when you're there a long time. Wait,
0: let's talk about those different challenges and hurdles. Yeah. What what were they?
1: Well, imagine that. Imagine like so if you're going to deposit, like for like let me give you a for instance okay. if you're going to go like in our business you know in a cash business you're constantly at the bank you're depositing you're getting change you're doing that that's one of the million things that you have to do on most every day but down there you're talking it when things run on island time that's not just a cliche that means nothing so you're talking forty five minutes we used to bring like a magazine if you went to go to the bank to just get change oh, wow. for to, so like a patience, <laughs> there's a lot of that kind of stuff. You can imagine life on an island. If you're trying to bring in um, goods yeah, and they're coming from the mainland that require a plane flight and a ferry mm-hmm. and a attack, um, lots of potential holes in those logistics. Oh, yeah. And so like different, like you definitely learn lessons of patience. Okay. And planning and a lot of that kind of bit. But it's also like showing people a good time down there was really interesting because people are there on vacation. So people like people's the 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 bar to have a good time was really low. So it was a real it was a lot easier to make sure that everybody had a great time all the time.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, well, you said something that I really just wanted to shine a light on. And you said it was dumb luck. Um, you know what? I, I don't believe in luck, and I think you made a real good point. When you work hard, uh, you attract hard working people um and it's the it's the law of attraction and uh it, if you want to be successful in this industry just bust your ass um and people will notice people Things will work in your favor uh, over time if, if you show up every day with giving it everything you got. Um, and and I, I truly believe in that. And I think that's, uh, you know, these opportunities that presented themselves to you had nothing to do with luck, RJ. I, I think just from meeting you a handful of times, you are a good friggin' dude. Uh, you put off tons of great energy and you just give a fuck. You can tell. Um, yeah. and, and that will serve you in the long run, absolutely. And do you, do you think that's essentially what happened in your situation? You, you being a good person, uh, basically coming around to serve you in the long run?
1: Yeah. I think, And in, in, yeah, there's a lot to be in. Uh, well, one, thank you very much. Yeah, no uh, problem. But um, it's a, there, is honest, there is a lot about being fair and nice to people and stuff. Actually, what I just remembered, actually, it was a perfect bit that highlights the good luck, good fortune that I have had. Yeah. There when I first got that job at the Lime Inn, so husband and wife team, whose younger daughter now took it over, which is another story for another time, because they were <laughs> kids when they were there, and it's awesome to watch people grow up and do what we do as well, too, oh, yeah. at an age. age. Um, oh. And so they were closed for the, for the off-season. Hurricane season down there is a real thing, and so a lot of people just shut down altogether. Mm-hmm. So James and I had gone down there trying to find—we had gone down there just kind of Not on a whim because it was thoughtful, but it was just something you don't necessarily get a job unless you really know somebody until you get there. So we moved down there, and we were trying to find jobs, and everywhere was closed. And so I went in, and I walked up the stairs, and then there was a guy with a commercial refrigerator with a moving belt on it. And he was carrying it with one hand and kind of strapped and hunched on his back. Oh, man. So when I say this, Rich, um, who's a dear friend – He's got one arm. He lost an arm when he was younger, and so he has a prosthetic hook. Um, so he literally was carrying a commercial refrigerator with one arm um, on a moving belt as I was walking in the front door of their restaurant. And <laughs> and then I just said, can, you know, can I help at all? And then he very gruffly, as he is from southern New Jersey, we're outside Philadelphia – I uh, just asked me, uh, not so politely, to just get out of the way, and so I, <laughs> where the office was, and went upstairs and spoke to his wife. She said, "You know, I think everybody's coming back this next year, and everything." So I, I don't know if we'll have anything for you. So I come back down the stairs from their little uh, coop. It's kind of up a up a set of stairs to the office, and I come back downstairs, and he said, "What'd she say?" And I just told him, I said, "Listen, I got bad news. She's letting you go." And I'm taking your spot. And I had not (laughs) met him before, just being a total ass. And then I just looked at him in the eye, shook his hand, and walked out the door. And he came and found me like a day and a half later Um, because it's a small island. So you can find (laughs) somebody. You go find somebody. He found me in a grocery store. And he comes back. He's like, hey, we don't have anything for you. But I'm going to find something for you. So (laughs) come see me next week. Oh, man. And, uh, and that's literally how it all started by just, you know, you get your shot at a first impression, but I just swung for the fences on that one. Figuring <laughs> my initial hello when he asked me politely to uh, move over. Uh, <laughs> I but love it, started, it started a really cool relationship.
0: I love it, dude. And if there's one lesson I've learned interviewing all these successful restaurant people is at the end of the day, um, you know, behind every great restaurant is a great person, uh, a, a person who understands other people who can be socially intelligent and emotionally intelligent and just care. And, uh, when you are, when, if you can focus on being a good person, focus on being a good person first. And then once you feel like you've achieved that, um, and it's something that never really you'll, you'll always try to, I mean, you never fully achieve it. I feel like it's always something you're always striving for, but if you focus on being a good person, uh, other opportunities will start to present themselves and things will happen for you. And you're just a living example of that. Uh, But man, let's fast forward. Let's, let's look at you coming back state or like in the States, you're in New Hampshire again. Uh, You're working for incredible people like, like Evan now And Now things are, you're you're no longer in your twenties, you're in your thirties. Like, Take us through your your planning stages of you you know connecting with the right people of opening your you know becoming a partner for the first time. I want to learn about that yeah. time and how that well, all rolled out for you. Yeah, i was
1: gonna say, man, we um working with. I know that you've met uh, Evan and he's um, that was also another bit of just luck. I had a friend of a friend that was leaving. I was working at a place in Newburyport. Um, and just looking for some extra work, and uh, they said, you know they got some part time at this new restaurant that just opened up called the Black Trumpet and uh, and so I just came in and, and working with him is like is awesome man. He's got this kinetic energy. he's like a certified like people throw hyperbole and like like people say that people are geniuses all the time and stuff, but in our business, his understanding of food flavor wine kind of thing is at such a higher level and it's really cool to be around it's uh you know always you you can never connect all the dots that he's connecting but just that kind of you can feel that energy you can kind of feel that energy and it definitely like for me i i really loved my time working with him because you just you think about things in a really different way
0: yeah Um, I, I, I've only met this gentleman a handful of times. I spent some time with him in Denver at the chef's collaborative, uh, summit. And, um, the, the few hours I've spent in his presence, uh, it's always towards, it's always working towards a goal. I mean, he was, he was one of my first guests, like the first guest I had on the show. Uh, he was willing to give me somebody who had never recorded an episode time. Uh, he was great. He was so generous with his time. And as as soon as I left, I think it was Greg, uh, Sessler, was right yeah. in behind me, and he was there with his notebook, and and Evan was ready to 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 mentor him. I mean, th- this guy lives to serve and to grow and to, to learn and to be there for other people. I mean, I don't know him that well, but I get that sense from him. You know him way better than I do. I mean, what did you learn from Evan and how to treat people?
1: Oh, it's, it's great, man. He – um from a bunch of different angles like he is always he was at the forefront of the farm you know farm to table kind of thing like in terms of he supports and and truly kind of looking at it at a different angle as a business owner now like he always supports people probably to the detriment of his bottom line mm-hmm. like he's willing he's willing to sacrifice um what in our business is always a small margin he's willing to sacrifice some of that for the, for uh, the sake of the system.
0: Why is that so important?
1: It's important. I mean, it's important because it helps people stay alive because so if our margins are really small, I also happen to know that farming, (laughs) farming margins are even smaller than that. And so any, any help along any help along the way that's shown to anybody in that kind of instance is only just going to help the whole community um, be relevant, stay alive, make Mm. money. Absolutely. Kind of feed, feed the whole system. Yeah. So it's really uh, – it's an awesomely honorable thing that he does.
0: So, yeah, I mean we could talk all day about Evan, but we're here to talk about yeah. you. And I don't want to yeah, get yeah. distracted. Um, when you were working nope. for Evan, like uh, when when did you decide that you were going to go on your own? Take us through the process of your first restaurant, uh, what that was like opening your first restaurant or becoming a partner of your first restaurant.
1: Yeah, so we were, um those were black trumpet years, and um, kind of James and I, my partner and I, had always kind of kept an eye on stuff. We had definitely taken a lot of walks through some buildings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, become available, had a couple different concepts, because that always depends on, you know, th- having different spaces work only in certain, you know, certain concepts work in only certain spaces. And so we had definitely kind of come close a couple times to some things that didn't happen. And then um, we had heard through a mutual uh, friend and uh, a third partner that we had, Jay McSherry, who's got a bunch of restaurants in Portsmouth here, um, of a space that was opening up in York, um, York, Maine. It was right on the beach in Short Sands. And that was home of Gigi's, our first spot. And so we came, uh, it was a restaurant space that had been open, empty for about a year. And so the terms were going to be, you know, something that was doable on our end. And so. We decided uh, that's the direction we're going to go, so and did, I never thought we were going to go there.
0: Did Jay McSherry approach you, or did you approach Jay McSherry?
1: Jay. So uh, my partner James had been working, helping him open Moxie, another cool restaurant right here in Portsmouth okay. as well. So he knew that he knew that we were working together. Okay. And so somebody came to him with the space idea because, like I said, he's got a he's a guy that's got um a lot of different uh got a lot of thumbs and a lot of pies. Yeah. And. He just said, Hey, um, maybe this makes sense for, for us collectively. Yeah. Uh,
0: I think we should spend some time talking about, uh, this partnership. So you're working with, uh, James Woodhouse. Why James Woodhouse? What did he bring to the table? Why would you go into business with him?
1: Oh man. Aside from being one of my closest, if not closest friend for the last 20 years, um, he's just that kind of guy that you can trust. He, we, um, what's cool about our partnership is that we can do, we can run the show to each other's liking Mm -hmm. if neither one of us are here. But with both of us here, we bring different things to the table. He's, he's really wonderful with the bit more of the traditional business side of this business and really has taken to that. And so, um, in terms of like critical initial decisions and, um, gosh, banking and that kind of stuff. He's way, way more savvy than I okay. with, but, um, so it's great. It's, it's one of those things too, where I think you have to in this business, but we trust each other implicitly. And, you know, like I said, we trust each other to make the right decisions.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you saw this and you, you knew him, uh, that always helps. You, you knew his character, but you also saw the strengths, uh, that he had. And I'm curious, what were your strengths? What did you bring to the table?
1: Um, you know, I, from like the front of the house thing, I'm a, I, I love the service, the nuts and bolts of this. Um, I'm always, even to this day, I, I love the fact that I can, you know, I work on the floor one day a week serving. I work behind the bar one day a week. Uh, I love the in customer interaction mm. and that, that, that's the, that like, uh, the working end of the front of the house. So okay. the things that I really enjoy quite a bit.
0: So, here is an awesome situation where I think personally, like I think partnerships are the way to go i I feel like you would have to be a pretty incredible friggin person to be be able to be good at all the things you need to be good at to to make it in this industry um and oh man, before I go down this road, another thing I need to point out is yeah dude, Evan mallett. And Jay McSherry. I mean, I know, like, if you guys aren't familiar with the New Hampshire Seacoast restaurant scene, like, this, this doesn't mean anything to you. But if you are, you you basically have the two most influential restaurant people in the New Hampshire Seacoast behind you. Um, which, I mean, just says so much. Uh, we could talk all day about how to surround yourself with mentors and people who can help you get to where you're trying to go. But... Um, so you're strong with the service side, the front of house side. James is strong with the business mentality side, numbers, accounting, all that stuff. We're missing one crucial part: the food. So how do yeah. you how do you attract onto yourself the the, the resources and skills uh, that you're missing to to pull off a successful restaurant?
1: That is always that is always the trick because as, for as much as James and I love this business and you know and we love food, I mean we're passionate cooks at our house by but by no means um, could we handle, <laughs> handle a night in our own restaurant. Um, yeah, it's about surrounding yourself with good people, totally. Mm. Uh, and, and sometimes it's, sometimes you go through channels of, you know, I've worked with you before. You know, Eric and I, you and I, did, you know, been through some battles together, and now we're going to go and do something new. And then sometimes you put an ad online and you find an amazing chef like we did with, uh, with Louis.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's amazing um, that you're able to attract onto yourself these people. Uh, just, uh, I mean, how can we dissect this? How can we take something like if you can just summarize uh, working for people uh, like Evan Mallett, working for people like uh, with people like Jay McSherry, what were the biggest lessons that you and James pulled from your experience that you think has contributed? contribute to your combined success to date?
1: Well, I mean, you, like, you, like you said, you're going to learn people. You're going to learn from people that are experienced. You're always going to take away cool and interesting stuff. I always find that it's the, the trickiest part is trying to mix, make it, make it match with what you believe. Mm. Cause at, I mean, truly having a restaurant is you know your vision you need to try to execute it and you don't want to like compromise too much of like the things that you've been working 20 years to to say like these these are ours this is what we've been dying to to show people um but totally you know the, the marketing of a business jay taught us a lot you know he has a lot of different like i had mentioned a lot of different things going on but how to like how to reach out and network to people mm. and on a uh, you know, embrace that kind of side of the business. Evan's all about the passion. You know, he's a. It's hardest to translate with, I think, with him, just because it's such a unique skill set. You can't teach someone that kind of um, that that wow. kind of thought, like that kind of like really hyper creative thinking. Mm-hmm. So, but it's more. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, um, let's break this down a little bit. With with Jay, you said that you learned a lot about marketing and networking and how be specific. That's too broad. Give me an example of one, like major lesson, one thing that he taught you, something you saw him do that just blew your mind and brought your knowledge to the next level.
1: I don't know. He's really humble. Like we, you know, we have uh, meetings all the time and I don't know that it's, it's necessarily like one general lesson, but I really um, admired his ability to like be willing to think about things all the time. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you're not like, it's kind of like not forcing the right answer on somebody, but kind of like the willingness to, the willingness to kind of spitball ideas Mm -hmm. always try to improve. Cause I think like that kind of like, that's an, that's a really great lesson for this business is that like, there's never, I find like very rarely is there a hard answer on something like, yes, this is it. It's like, Yeah, that may be it, but what if we think about it from a different angle? What if what if that what if throwing that event at this time isn't a good idea or maybe we open it up to something different? I know that's pretty vague, but like that ability, even with a lot of experience, to admit that you don't know the answer, but you're willing to like kinda yeah, absolutely. Or
0: it—it sounds like he's good at like say thirty thousand feet. He's really good at seeing the big picture and taking into account the things that you might not see at say five hundred feet um, that might affect the situation. But since he's got this experience, he knows that like there's variables that you've got you've got to look at the big picture. Uh, is that safe to say? Is that what's what's happening? Yeah,
1: I think that's really great. Yeah, yeah, that's really he's he's great like that. Awesome. Uh, Cause like, and especially if you, if you're somebody that has a lot of projects going on at the same time, the reality of you being on the ground and all those is, is it's not happening.
0: Awesome. Let's bounce back to Evan Mallet. You said what you learned from him was the importance of passion. Why is passion so important?
1: Oh, passion drives you, man. That's that's what drives me every day. I mean, that's something that you got to bring. That's something that you got to bring every single day. That's something that any guest that walks in the door, like we can talk, I can talk food and drink happily with a smile on my face and get excited about it every mm. day of my, with any guest that comes in. We love to interact with people. We really tread that gracious line of not forcing it or pandering it, you know, pandering people and saying, hey, I know this, you don't kind of thing. But mm. I'm happy. Like we love food and so, we love, we love service.
0: I love it, man. And I kind of, uh, earlier I asked you why, why, why do you do this? What gets you out of bed? And it was early in the conversation. So let me ask you again about reframe it. Like what's your, what exactly is your passion now that you're all loosey goosey and warmed up in the conversation? Like what is your passion? What sets you on fire?
1: Um, gosh, I think learning, learning new things like that kind of like what's cool is that if you've, establish some kind of layer of success and and for instance if if we're if we're proud of the kind of stuff that we do here right now mm-hmm. um i love the ability to like wake up and be like cool how are we getting better like can we learn let's learn more about something let's mm. new project let's we also <clears throat> pardon me i've got um a little cocktail bitters company that I've never really gotten off the ground, but kind of just operated in house um, for a lot of things. But it's cut. But that's kind of like a little microcosm of like, cool. Let's try something yeah. new. to how how can we add more value here? With the idea, like the end goal for me that makes me the most happy is when everybody leaves here and has an awesome time because that's. Love it,
0: I just can't help but think about um, this lesson I've learned that we all, we all sell right in this industry we're selling, but there's two ways or we're all trying to get people to do things, right? Uh, There's two ways to get people to do things. You can either force them to do it or you can persuade them to do it. And really at the end of the day, that's what persuasion is is selling people on your ideas, your beliefs and what excites you. And when you are genuinely interested in genuinely, love the work to do. You love the, for, the food. You love making people happy. You, you love learning all these new things and sharing what you're learning with other people. I mean, you're, you're going to be that much better at persuading people to do things, to, to eat your food, to come in on this day because it's authentic. It's genuine. And you don't realize you're selling anything. You just think you're making the world a better place and you truly believe it. And that's what mm-hmm. I'm thinking just listening to you talk. Is that safe to say?
1: Yeah, totally, and I, I I think that's like totally. I talk to you know other friends and people in my life that work in a lot of other industries, and I think that's totally applicable across the board. Like if you believe in whatever mm-hmm. you're, like like you said, there there is a measure of selling in a lot of a lot of life, and if you totally believe in in what you're selling, you'll always. I mean, it will be genuine, and, it, you'll be, yeah. and you'll be and you'll be you'll be better at it. You'll be better than others at
0: it. <laughs> but you're, it, it, the best part is you, you don't feel like you're selling when it comes from no. a genuine, uh, authentic place. You, you literally believe you're making the lives of other people better. And when you get to do that, there's no better reward in the world. Uh, reward yeah. in the world, I mean, in my opinion.
1: Oh, but, and we're in, we're, in that, we're in that gratification business yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, man. I we are literally going show people a good time.
0: So I want to while we're on this journey of your career, I want to kind of we haven't talked much about Louis, uh your current restaurant and some of the things that came into play with opening this restaurant. So um, what's what were some of the things you learned uh, from, you know, doing it at location one, your first restaurant versus uh, opening your second restaurant? What were some of the things that you did differently because of your experience?
1: Oh well, yeah, totally. I mean, you learn all the time, you know, you fail, you know, you try things, you fail at things and you try to be better. Louis was this, uh, James had really spearheaded this, this uh, Louis opening because we had Gigi's open at the same time yeah. uh, when it opened up. To uh, two this spring will be two years um so this was kind of like our this was what we wanted to open this was like the you know i had said before and then for anybody in this business that wants to do more things more locations more concepts you kind of always have a bunch of concepts in the fire mm-hmm. on poke and you just but this was the one that we this was the restaurant we wanted to open in the way that we wanted to do mm. it the space came open, um, which used to be the Green Monkey, um, which a lot, well, um, it was a much beloved neighborhood restaurant for about uh, 11 years or so. Okay. But the space uh, next, that just opened up the salon next door. So it was wrapping around and kind of doubling the space of this place. So it kind of gave us the room that we needed. The Green Monkey used to be a really cool restaurant, but it was tiny and it was, even for us, um, a little too small to make total sense. Okay. So the space made sense, which I had said that earlier and that totally the space always is going to dictate, you know, what what can work and that kind of thing. Um, so this was the space was right and the time was right. It was right in the middle of winter when we had first signed on. And so we had enough time in the quiet time of year to remodel mm-hmm. and do all the kinds of bells and whistles that we that we could afford. But the ones that we wanted, you know, yeah, there was always decisions made and. Uh, you know, sometimes sometimes plumbing bills get pretty big, and you say, "Okay, no draft system, no problem." <laughs> so
0: I'm curious here, though. Um, obviously, you're, you're opening a restaurant. You need capital. Did you have all the your own capital, or did you? How did you get the money to open your dream restaurant, the restaurant you that, had always wanted to do?
1: That was good fortune. That was a good measure of good fortune. Great. <laughs> Ours and our uh, investor, uh, John Fregno, who owns a an amazing restaurant down on St. John in the, the U.S. Virgin Islands. For those of you that have not been to St. John, I'll put in my two-second plug that it's an amazing spot. Oh, yeah. um, John has the best restaurant on the whole island, bar none. Um, it was one that James used to manage and help work for. Okay. Um, but it is just – like, it's in the middle of a – it's a sugar mill in the middle of what was an old Rockefeller compound. Um, and those guys lived pretty well. So uh, it doesn't it doesn't take much to imagine. It's amazing. So uh, anyway, so he um, he you know, he's always been another mentor um, to us as well, too. Um, and so when this was coming up, uh, James went to approach him and said, you know, this we're thinking about this. Uh, do you want to be involved? And and thankfully, you know, he, he jumped right on board. How much and of so- how much
0: of what percentage did he put in versus what you guys had to put on the table?
1: Um. You. We borrowed all the money.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I. Whenever people ask me, like, "Oh, I want to open a restaurant. What should I do?" I'm like. Go spend 10 years working in a restaurant, busting your ass, getting people to mentor you, learning, building trust. I mean, you, you got to this point because of who you are, the work you did, the time you put in, the network you created for yourself and people like you. I mean, if you hustle, you work hard, you prove yourself to people, opportunities will come to you. I mean, you're a living example of that. He, tr- Like you are do what RJ did. If you want to open a restaurant, I mean, it takes time. Um, yeah,
1: it, it, I mean, if there, like we said before, and I know that that's the hardest thing in the world to wrap your mind around. But there is so much of it that is right place, right time, work for the right people that have the right means that want to help, that are able to help you. Mm. I,
0: I love how humble you are saying, oh, it was just some luck and oh, that just happened. None of that exist, dude. Like you attracted onto yourself the resources you need to make this happen. And, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, um, what else can we talk about? We're running out of time, but I want to get some, uh, great nuggets from you, man. What, what haven't we discussed? Um, big lessons, aha moments, turning points, things that you realize that you think most contribute to your success as of today.
1: Um, (laughs) I, you know, there, there always comes a, there always comes a time like you need supportive people in your life. Mm-hmm. I think always to be like good in this business, cause it's a tough, it's a tough one. It's a tough one for a lot of people to get into full time because mm-hmm. it's a, our, to be in our industry full time, always you're subject to some kind of measure of not necessarily criticism, but a lot of people don't think of us as a serious kind of business mm-hmm. that it's more that it 's something somebody does casually in between jobs or because they're balancing something else tricky in life and that kind of thing, but like having supportive people in your life is is really how this this um how like f- successful people in this business have a really awesome team behind them too because mm. uh, not only not only is it really stressful because the 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 hours are stress and the leverage is pretty hard um but like even getting going, like having supportive people saying, "Hey, you can be really good in this business." So just like keep working.
2: Mm.
1: I think that's always like so, that's always something that's really needed. And we try to we try to provide that for other people that work for us. Like you are always um you're always kind of on the lookout for who wants more. Mm. You know, who like you know, Eric, you work for us. You've been waiting tables, but I can see that glint in your eye that mm. you want to chop someday. <laughs> Like what little bit can we show you that would help? But like, also like it's a value added thing. You're going to be a better employee for us mm. as well too.
0: I love it, man. And so, oh man, you're just dropping gold right now. And huh, like, there's so many directions I want to go where I realize we're getting short on time. We still got to do the speed round, but I mean, yeah, I mean, focus. It sounds like you're coming from a place of service. Like you're not just serving your guests, but you, you, you bring it to the next level and you make it about the next generation, the next generation of people coming up under you. Who can I support? Like I got the support that I had. Like, how can I pay it forward? How can I be looking for a person who has that skill, who has that ability? How can I invest in them? How can I, how can I make their dreams happen? Like somebody helped me make my dreams happen. Oh yeah, totally.
1: I love it. You know, I was listening to a podcast recently that was just talking to a, A movie director that was talking about how he like built his lead character and it was like this historical fiction kind of film and he was like the and the host was asking him he's like you know who is this is this who is this person is this after somebody in real life And he's like no you know you take little snippets from here and you take a little snippet from there and I think that's like how all of us kind of build our experience is that you kind of take like passion from Evan and be like great how can I grab his passion and you take other people's hard work. And like my old boss, rich down in the Caribbean, like how can I work as hard as he can mm. and be as passionate as Evan can, and then try to pass that kind of stuff? Because I feel like that helps. That's a cool shortcut that I wish somebody had shown me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. Oh, and man, like, I love it. it. This is great stuff, man. I'm not
1: saying that I do it right, but I'm just saying it's a way to do it. And you yeah. can take a side, You know, these guys can decide guys and girls can decide for themselves whether or not it's worth it or it's a waste of time.
0: All right. uh, We got to get just a quick failure, a time, RJ, where you fell hard on your ass. Uh, What happened? Uh, Take us through it real quick and then tell us why you're better because of it
1: yeah i mean it happened i mean the, in i'll give you a big one but then in short bits like that's the thing about this business is that you know you'll for as hard as everybody works and as professional as everybody is we miss sometimes mm-hmm. you know sometimes guests are coming in and they're not you know they're in a bad place and then all of a sudden we overcook something or undercook something don't meet their expectations and you know and sometimes we miss and those i would that like some people would would say no you know that's it's that's hyperbole to say it's a failure but like when you're in the business of aiming for everybody and like making everybody happy which is what you have to be to be good is like those little ones are failures i would say totally
0: absolutely but then some
1: but then sometimes you miss like our our restaurant up in york i mean we sold it um but it definitely wasn't the success that we wanted it to be Mm -hmm. um a lot of times uh, up there, it's time and place, and it's in a – where that restaurant is, is uh, it's in a really hyper-seasonal spot that's mm-hmm. busy for about four months a year. Um, so, I mean, it is it, it did fine, um, but was it the wild success that you – and you go into anticipating and hoping for and, and why you sweat and put in all the hours for? No, and so you learn. You learn, you know, real good lessons of like – Prudent business practices uh, and like constantly be looking to, like I said, like a thousand times, I think so far, like to be better all the time Mm. is that it never kind of sit back and be like, no, we're good.
0: The work never stops, dude. The work never stops. And that's one thing you need to, you know, get. To wrap your your mind around, because just when you think you've got it the best it can be, the industry is all, always changing. There's always new resources, better ways to do things. You you read a new book, you get a different perspective. Like like Jay McSherry will give you a new angle to look at things, and you're like shit, we gotta change it again. It never yeah, exactly. Ends um and you said you learned a bunch of things but what give me one specific example one big lesson you learned from well i guess we'll call it a failure because it wasn't what you wanted it to be i mean i don't necessarily think it's a failure because it was a stepping stone to get to where you are today oh but yeah
1: give us and, a, and
0: something specific know,
1: we're not, yeah and it's something that it's not like a like a daunting failure that will will haunt me forever mm-hmm. but um i we, we jokingly my part the good thing about my partner and i is we have also known each other forever and mm-hmm. so we have a which kind of helped diffuse a lot of things we learned our lesson of the chicken parmesan um so we had that restaurant concept was italian-american and so that was more like louis is more what we'll consider rustic northern italian so you won't find red sauce or italian-american stuff here okay um, but up there we did and so forever we were just like you know we love food so much and and we had talented people working for us and we were like we're not having chicken parmesan And we are like, we're just, uh, we're not doing it. Incidentally, I happen to love it, make it at home. (laughs) Absolutely. A lot to love about it. But we are like, we, the, with the pride that we take and like sourcing our ingredients and stuff, we're like, we're not doing it. And that was just about the worst decision we ever made there. uh, There there weren't, there weren't quite pitchforks and uh, at the front gates, but it wasn't all that, that far off. And then we learned the lesson of, you know, sometimes you just got to give people what they want. Yeah, I mean, and, and sometimes your own like get out, get out of your own way, that yeah, kind of thing.
0: Absolutely, man. I, I couldn't agree more. Great lesson. we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. Whether you're just getting started in the restaurant business or if you're a seasoned veteran, there's always something new to learn that never ends. <laughs> but what hasn't changed is the time you get to learn tipsy has taken everything you need to know and put it in one easy to access location with tipsy you can learn what you want when you want by accessing an incredible library of video courses on topics like food and beverage service marketing and business operations it's basically a one-stop shop for everything you need to run a successful restaurant you can also use tipsy as a staff training tool through the management platform you can select the courses that matter to you and schedule them out to your employees in a few simple clicks. Individual memberships are only $9 a month. And as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you receive an extra 50% off your first month. So what are you waiting for? For $4.50, you can have access to this incredible resource right now. Just find the Tipsy Banner in the show notes. After studying over 300 successful restaurant professionals, I've discovered that to be successful in the restaurant industry, you need skills that go far beyond knowing how to cook. All of our guest mentors are damn near experts on business operations, systems, and culture. That is not a coincidence. That is what it takes to be successful. This is exactly why I tell everyone I know who wants to open a restaurant or is in the restaurant business to get a membership to Restaurant restaurantowner.com. Com. For only $29 a month, you have access to over 300 templates, including business plans, checklists, forms, manuals, and procedures. In addition, you have countless resources at your fingertips. To join a community that has helped over 40,000 restaurant owners make better lives for themselves, head over to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable. And because you are Restaurant's Unstoppable listeners, you will get... The first 10 days for only $1. Again, that's restaurantsownercom slash unstoppable. All right, we're back. The first question I have for you, RJ, is what is your if factor? A habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success?
1: I think, you know, we talked about it before, but I think um, passion mm. and it's about not only does it give you the drive and the energy that you need is that this business needs so much of that and it comes off. Guests can sense it. I can sense it. when I go to a place when I go to somewhere else and you can tell that people are passionate about things. You know, you're going to have a cool experience.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to give you an it factor, dude, because I've had the I don't get the pleasure of meeting all of my guests uh, in person, I've, I've got, I've met you twice before this interview and uh, you are just a, a socially and emotionally intelligent person I mean, people, I can tell instantly, you just know how to deal with people. You love people and people love you. And uh, that, that is a, a, a habit or, or a, um, a skill or a trait or a characteristic that you cannot undervalue in this industry. You got it, dude.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. No Thank
0: problem. you. Uh, what is your biggest ch- uh, weakness?
1: god I got a couple I got quite a few good ones uh got him a really awful editor um uh, again speller editor <laughs> um I, you know sometimes saying no Saying no in my my own life is hard um I try to I try that. to try to say yes all the time and I run out of hours a lot of time and my probably probably to the detriment of my uh, uh my my health uh that kind of thing yeah but I don't know I I don't know if i trade it either, but I do recognize that, you know, sometimes I probably push it a little bit too much.
0: Absolutely, man. One of the biggest lessons I've learned uh, from Arya Weinswag of Zingerman's, he has a great series of books out, is that sometimes your strengths can be your weaknesses. Uh, And in this industry, saying yes is a huge strength to have uh, because that's what we do. We please. We want to make people happy. But – at the same time, we are only human and we can only do so much. And everything – that the one thing that's helped me because I, I struggle with this too is everything you say yes to is something else you have to say no to because you can only do so much. So is is this what's best for me and my team and for my mission and what's moving me forward is a question you've got to ask yourself.
1: Um, it's the lessons of my T-shirt <laughs> Yeah, uh, because you can't bring on a new T-shirt till you get rid of an old one. Yeah. I love it, dude. Awesome. that exactly. <laughs> um, it's a concessions that I made with my wife, Yeah, it, no, it, <laughs> but it's that same, that same idea. I'm with you a thousand percent. You, there comes, it's hard to say no. It's a, you know, if you're at, if you come at it with good intentions, it's, it's hard.
0: Yeah, man. And, um, I'm going to give you a tool because of what you said starting this, this question, which is, uh, your grammar, um, spelling and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, if you're being serious, I got to suggest, uh, yeah. gr- grammarly is amazing. Um, yeah uh,
1: thank you very much
0: I use it all the time because I'm dyslexic and it's a lifesaver uh, anyway <laughs> what is one piece of advice you have for leading others
1: um I always think like when leading. to be fair and consistent I think are like the two most important things because if you're consistent with everybody and hold everybody to the same standard it's really it's it's it makes your life so much easier and to try to be fair because, like the the reality is, is that not everybody's situation. And I'm just thinking about, you know, in terms of dealing with, you know, our 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 team. Not everybody comes at things from the same angle. Somebody's life may be a lot harder than another's, and so that's where probably a little like sliding rule of fairness needs to come in. But I feel like the consistency of approach needs to always be there. I like, guess the only way to, to have a tight ship.
0: I love it, man. What is one question you ask or thing you look for during an interview or when you're looking for new people?
1: Yeah, we, um, you know, there's obvious the obvious nuts and bolts of of whatever need it is that you're looking for or interviewing for um, are. I mean, that's obvious. You know, have you cooked before? Have you done that? Obviously, but what I I always love like the personal. And it's not necessarily a deal breaker either. But I always like to ask, you know, people's favorite experiences, like, hey, where do you like to go out to eat? Do you like to drink wine? Cool. What do you like? Oh, you like to drink, um, you know, beer. Great. Awesome. I just try to find, like, is there a is there a spark in somebody's eye? Is there a passion for something? Like, it doesn't have to be anything that, you know, they could quite frankly be something that I don't care for. But I just love to see... um See a glimpse of what what people like, even if it's not generally applicable to their job, but like that that passion is something where we always try to look for. Assuming, yeah. assuming they've already met the qualifications of
0: absolutely, you know? man, it's so important. Just a sign that you can get them excited about something. There's hope there that you can, you know, they can pass that sure. energy on to other people. Is is a good sign. Absolutely, I love it, dude. Um, what is a current challenge? How are you dealing with it?
1: Um, we're in a good spot, you know, it's a cool bit growth, I guess, is, is, is our next hurdle, you know, and, and um, we're just starting to you know, sign on with the PR company to try to, you know, kind of grow our company that way. Uh, we always kind of look for new projects, you know, nothing is eminent uh, or anything like that. But like, it's a, uh, it's a cool spot of having something that's that's doing well and working well. And you try to be busier, always. And you know, the, through the organic kind of way, we're doing we're doing what we need to do, and uh, having good success doing it. So it's that kind of cool bit. But we don't necessarily it's it's kind of unknown territory for us, kind of deciding where to spend your marketing dollars and advertise. They are right, cool. What, what new markets would would uh, you know be appealing to us?
0: So what are you? How are you coming about making those decisions? Like what are you focusing on? Like what matters to you in making those decisions?
1: Well, it's a lot of talking to other people too because like say like from a PR bit, like, you know, we don't have any experience in terms of knowing where best to spend any money in terms of like, you know, is is spending money in New York, you know, markets not worth, you know, not worth our time in the end. So it's a cool process about learning a bit about that kind of thing and how how different companies approach um, approach getting your brand out there and building a brand. I guess building a brand would probably be the, the big blanket term.
0: I love it, dude. Um, we should, I'm going to come in for a whiskey real soon. We're going to have a discussion about that because I feel like I'd really oh, enjoy it. Uh, awesome. <laughs> what is one thing – what was that?
1: And I love whiskey, so that's fine. Oh,
0: yeah, right, man. Uh, <laughs> what is one thing besides food your restaurant does really well that separates you from other restaurants?
1: Well, I think for us, I think the thing that we take the most pride in is the guest experience um we try to build new value added things all the time but we are fortunate in that we have really professional people that work for us that know how to take care of good people that we do we're like big on education you know we come in and come in and do classes on you know wines and spirits and meats and cheese and all that kind of thing just to add one more layer to mm. that that we can give a guest and i think like And we're never—you're never like we had mentioned way at the beginning. You're never going to know it all, but to try to be really to try to be good at anticipating the needs of everybody, I feel like we do a good job of that. Awesome. Um, A lot of a lot of people, uh, and we're happy to say that a lot of people come away from here, um, you know, feeling like we anticipated needs for them.
0: I love it, man. So important. And what is one book, a must read, uh, if you want to become a successful person or restaurant owner?
1: Dude, um, Setting the Table, Danny Meyer's book of Setting the Table is just awesome. Oh, yeah. And not, uh, Those that don't know a man from Union Square Cafe, to Shake Shack. And I mean, he – I'm sure, Eric, you probably run into it, man, but his lesson in – that book about the salt shaker is something that my partner and I, when we're, when we're in like a challenging position and something has been, been just been kind of turning us inside out, we will literally say salt shaker out loud.
0: <laughs> what does do that had, do mean? I, I mean, I, expand yeah. on that. I mean, I know what it means, but let's really dive into that for those who haven't read the book.
1: Yeah. So Danny Meyer, so it was like early in his... Early in his career, Pat Seda, who is really famous in our industry, who used to have Spark Steakhouse um, in Manhattan, um, had was a mentor of Danny's and had gone in to visit him one time and, and Danny was having a really hard time with some staffing issues. And so he sat down and the uh the restaurant was empty and he looked at the table next to him and it had, you know, was set and he said Danny, take everything off that table. Take the, the silverware, the glasses, take the pepper mill, and just leave the salt shaker in the middle of the table. So Danny obliged him and said, all right, well, I don't know what you're doing, but I'll give it a shot. So he did it, and then Pat had told him, he said, hey, uh, you is know, it in the middle? And so Danny looks at it. he's like, ah, I don't know, maybe it's just a little bit off, so he puts it in the middle. And then he said, okay, there it is. And then so Pat leaned over and moved the salt shaker three, three inches off the center. And he said, "You know, put it back in the center." So Danny moved the salt shaker back in the center. Pat reached over, moved it to the other side, off center. He said, "Put it back in the center." And then Danny was like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> and so Pat was like, this, "This is all of your all of your staff. The lessons of the world, entropy, is going to take things off of your center." Mm. And it, you to move things back into the center because this is your place. Mm-hmm. You have to show them that your center is your excellent. Mm-hmm. And you just have to just be willing to not be mad and just say, this is the center. Yep. This is how we do things. I love it. I love it, man. It, it's totally something. I was even talking to a couple of my buddies that own a few surf shops around here. And they were t- talking about, uh, you know, just having some struggles with, with, uh, you know, just like managing employees. And I was like, it's a sell checker, man. You just have to, <laughs> you know, you have to, you have to just not be pissed yeah. that you have to constantly show people exactly how we do things.
0: Constant, gentle pressure. It's what it will yeah. never change. It's your job to know what right looks like and to yeah. make sure other people know. And it's just constant, gentle pressure pressure don't lose your shit it's not going to serve anybody and it's just going to be a waste of energy just know that's your job accept it now and your life will be better and if you're if you listen to the show a lot uh this is the second time uh you've got to hear this story with in, in the same week probably uh but it's it's worth hearing twice because it's it's such a powerful he named the book after this concept so yeah know it, understand so, it believe in it
1: and to be honest it's also one of the hardest things oh yeah because half the time on one of those frustrating times, you've already told, say if you're an example of one single employee, you've already told employee X, you've already showed them where the center was a hundred times.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You would like to think that you don't have to show them the hundred and first, but the reality, <laughs> you do. Yep, absolutely, just, man. You have to be cool to keep moving.
0: Yeah, I love it. So, what is one piece of technology uh, you've adopted in your restaurant and that is serving you some way, some form, whether it be efficiency, profitability, communication? Uh, share that that resource with us now.
1: Well, communication, man. Um, God, social media is doing a bunch of really cool stuff for our business yeah. because it's one of those mediums. Um, whether or not it's Instagram or we're not we're not on Twitter, but you know, Instagram and, and Facebook and stuff like that. Those free kinds of media are really—it's a—it's really cool to see how you can relate to people, mm. even in demographics that you think wouldn't um, wouldn't necessarily pay attention. It's really cool to be on the street. Sometimes we like walk down the street and people are like, oh my god, dude, that posse you posted last night looked amazing. Oh, cool. Or people like on people like on a snowy night, you may just say. Everybody you know everybody on a snowy night needs more people in the house and so you post something and then people are like I'm here just for the just because I saw that. And that that kind of bit like is a really interesting new wrinkle. I know it's not necessarily new new but like the
0: It's effective, man. It's worth how, mentioning.
1: How broad how broad it is now is um is really cool.
0: So which platform are you getting the most impact with?
1: I'd say Instagram. i mm-hmm. I'd say What are you Facebook's doing what, what's there, your
0: but- Sorry, what's your approach with Instagram, uh, real quick?
1: Uh, just kind of, we try to try to keep our message of try to keep it um, focused on kind of the things that we promote, the quality of the food, um, uh, team building. Like, we, you know, we'll we'll do some Instagram posting during like training periods or everybody getting together for a family meal or like the things that make uh, our our place us. Um, we try to not keep it too like, too um, you know, define this wine. This is this yeah. great. You get to try to not too parochial. Okay. Try to make it more kind of like art, art and fun.
0: Yeah. You're trying to capture the brand and, and what your, what your, your value or your, your mission, your, your vision and what you stand for through imagery is what I'm hearing.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Awesome. Uh, what, any other technology you're leveraging in maybe operations?
1: It's hard, but we're pretty straightforward, you know, standard, standard POS system and, cool. you know, QuickBooks is always our friend. Yeah. Sometimes um, less nothing, is more. Uh, I hear you, man. I was going to say nothing on, the cut, nothing on the cutting edge, really.
0: All right. Awesome. Uh, with all the knowledge you have now, if you could go back in time, RJ, and give your past self one piece of advice, maybe uh, when you're living in Saint John uh, and really starting to get your, you know, your hands dirty in the industry, uh, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Um, probably, God, it's a bit. Well, not sweating like I, the experience that I have now uh, would definitely allow me to tell myself to not, not get worked up over all the little things. Mm. Like in the beginning, when you're opening up your first your first restaurant, you are wrapped up in every decision and you want everything to go perfectly because it's what you've been kind of building towards for a long time. Um, which is probably the usual course. And then things go wrong. Mm -hmm. Like I guess that's a lesson in life in general is that like, as soon as you're prepared for things, then things go wrong and you just have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. But it's more just to not stress all of the little things that go wrong because there will be plenty.
0: Mm, So true.
1: But again, Again, it's the, probably the hardest to like pick and choose and just say, "Hey, RJ, when this person doesn't show up for work, don't get that upset because you'll be able to find another person." Yeah, so
0: that's a great point. Don't sweat the little things. Uh, but I want to take it a, a level deeper. And what should you be focused
1: on? Um, you want to be. You want, uh, I guess, be really be real with all your expectations. Mm-hmm. Kind of not ne- not necessarily plan for the worst, but be really harshly realistic with, um, you know, all your projections and stuff like that, mm-hmm. especially opening up a restaurant that are going to a bank for a loan. You know, you're going to be required to, um, you know, to schedule out a lot of years in terms of sales and stuff and just be really realistic. And then if you exceed them, then that's wonderful. But this is a really hard business um, and it takes a long time to be solvent, um you know, and so like I think a lot of people make a mistake of going, um, being, getting too excited, yeah. getting too excited and saying...
0: <laughs> I feel like I'm being <laughs> a, such a jerk right no,
1: now. First year.
0: Sorry, I, I interrupted you. Say what you just said again. I overspoke. No,
1: I just was saying, hey, a lot of people may say, hey, we're going to sell $3 million our first year for a tiny restaurant. <laughs> and then you're, well, maybe a third.
0: So that's a really important thing. And I, I don't want to be a jerk. I don't want to abuse our time so we're already well over. But I recently had somebody write to me and ask me about the situation he needs help with, with his projections. So in two sentences, keep it quick. Where, send this person in a direction. Where should they go to get a realistic idea about what their numbers will be?
1: Uh, you know you want to build it back build it going backwards you know with how you're going to offer what you want to offer and the price points you want to offer you kind of build it organically for um, you know uh, your entree is this amount of money do you anticipate a, mul- a multi-course you anticipate are you a kind of place where a guest who's going to come in and have two to three courses mm. and you're going to build on a real- a realistic head count and then kind of, you know talk to people in the area and find out a general site
0: I got it. Yep. There you go. Just talk to people. That's why it's so important to get the experience, find the mentors, find people who are willing to help you, who know what's realistic. Um, it it doesn't just happen overnight. I mean, you can go to a coach or a consultant. That's one way to do it. But if you don't have that money, then, you know, do the work. Um, awesome, man. Uh, okay. (laughs) This is the last one with all, uh, you know, wait, sorry. What is one question I could have asked you that would have provided more value to this interview
1: uh well it's been fun awesome anyways (laughs) thanks dude um i always you know one question that i always like because i always pick the brain of other people that have been in this business for a long time because i love their opinion on this question as well too is like where where's the where is our business going in terms of like trends and stuff like that okay because you're always look much like you're always looking to get better in this business. You're also trying to like you're no, you don't want to be dated. Mm. I mean that you keep pushing all the time is because people a lot of people that don't ex- succeed in this business just don't evolve when you need to. Mm. And so you're always trying to look and be like, all right, well, we're like given our parameters, like where are we going as an industry, so, or like, or if if you're somebody like James and I, and we're looking. F- towards other concepts going forward, be like, cool, what's the trend in terms of concepts that's coming up now?
0: So where do you think the industry is going? That's a good question.
1: Well, I think <laughs> I, I see it all the time. Um, it's like single concept stuff, like as opposed to like, multi, like like people have like, a, you know, take like Danny Meyer Shake Shacks, mm-hmm. for instance, like some kind of really streamlined concepts that are like, simple on purpose.
2: Mm.
1: Like, so you see like, like you see burger places, you see like a chicken joint mm-hmm. that meatball does, shop. What, or like guys,
0: yeah, yeah. Those
1: man. guys, those guys are really interesting too. Yeah. And having at those meatball shops, it's really cool. And it's yeah. like,
0: absolutely, man. I think w- we can summarize it by saying uh, the trend seems to be focusing on doing one thing, really well find out what's not being done really well do that one thing really well and have that be your unique selling proposition uh it's a great piece of advice that is definitely something that's hot right now uh, all right man yeah. you've been awesome uh we got to wrap it up we wrap up every episode i'm so sorry we're going over our time by the way too but How is is not enough sometimes um who's one person you admire in this industry uh somebody who you think would be a great guest mentor on the show like you've been for us
1: tonight um, we got a couple of my buddies. I don't know if you've uh, ever met Gavin Beaudry over at the Black Birch. I love what those guys do. He's really humble, but like, I just love, he's another buddy of ours. We love bouncing stuff off of yeah. all Yeah.
0: His- uh, you know what? I've had their chef on the show, but you know what? Maybe. Yeah, I had Jake on the show. But you know what, man? We're, let's get let's get the front of the house. Gavin would be a great guest on the show. Gavin, look out, man. I'm yeah. going after you. Or
1: have you. Have you met our buddy uh, Michael Paston over at um, the Wallingford Dram as well, too? They've been like a killer addition to our local scene.
0: Hit me with that name one more time.
1: And right across the street from the Black Birch is a cocktail bar called the Wallingford Dram. All right. Tiny little hole-in-the-wall kind of spot. Really thoughtful stuff. Um and it's like they're the best cocktail people around here. I mean we're really proud of all that we do from a cocktail front. And it would never you know, say anything against it. But those guys are the best around.
0: And just who was the, the person you said I needed to connect with? My, so Michael Pasden. Mike Pazin, look out Gavin and Michael Pazden. I'm coming after you guys. I'd love to get you on the show (laughs) and uh, maybe you've inspired somebody on the Seacoast. How can we connect with you? If we want to come maybe join your team, have you mentor us or maybe just come in and uh, shake your hand and uh, thank you for the great conversation.
1: Oh yeah, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me. You can find us at Louie's you know, we're here on and off every day. Every day, we're happy to have we're happy to have people. We have, what's really cool for us too is that when you establish kind of quality, we have a lot of people that come in and stash with us. That just whether it's in the kitchen, just come and just want to hang out for a few days and see what it's like. And that's a um, we have it on the front of the house a little less often, but um, we're always happy to for people that take you know that are professionals in this business. We always want to meet them. Yeah, there may not now, but there is always things that come up.
0: This is episode 299, so head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 299. I'll have the links in the show notes, a summary of today's discussion, and that's www.louies.com. An, I'll also have that in the show notes as well. RJ, man, thank you so much for taking the time, for going over our agreed upon time. There is no questioning, man. You are unstoppable
1: thanks eric man it's uh my pleasure it was awesome
0: what an awesome episode with my man rj joyce and the one thing i can take away i mean there was tons to take away from this episode but the one thing is just you know do the work put in the time and be patient and just really just you know that that big emphasis on do the work uh Man, if there's one thing I've learned in all these episodes, it's that behind every great restaurant is a great person. Focus on being a great person. Focus on becoming a person of value. Get the experience. Uh, get out there, meet people and just do the work. And, and, you know, over time, if you keep showing up, if you keep, you know, doing the work, if you surround yourself with those people who are going to lift you up and make you better, people who are, who get it, people who have the passion, you're going to, you know, it's contagious. You're gonna get it too. You're you're gonna think right. You're gonna do things right, and that's exactly what RJ did. He he came up. He he got the experience. He surrounded himself with incredible people who just get it. And when the time is right for you to take a crack at it, you're gonna have this incredible network. This 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 re, these all these people that you've connected with. They're a resource. They're mentors. They're going to either give you the knowledge. They're gonna be something you can lean on when you have a question. Or in RJ's case. Dude, they put up his his mentors, these people, on his this his his network. They put up all the money, and they already paid it back. So, <laughs> if you're looking to open a restaurant, have you ever worked at a restaurant? Do you do you want it bad enough to work ten years to become a person of value and to know what it truly takes? Um, and if you if you oh man, just I I love the way. Uh, yeah, you know, I just love the story. I love the way that RJ uh got to where he is today and uh we can learn a lot from it and uh beautiful stuff. So, uh guys, help me keep this show going. I'm full-time on the show right now, uh, but I want to take it to the next level. I don't want to just be a, a normal show. I want this to be an incredible resource that brings aspiring restaurant professionals together to lean on each other. To I want to create a community, guys. Uh, but to get there, we need to you know share this resource. Anybody and everyone you know who truly is passionate about the hospitality industry, uh, share this resource with them to keep them motivated, to get them inspired, to to learn how to think. Um, that's what we're here to do. We're here to study successful people, to learn how they think, how they treat other people, how they approach their business. And like like I said just a few minutes ago, um, you know, behind every great restaurant is a great person. Work on becoming a great person today. And the best way to do that is to surround yourself with the influence of other great people. And that's what we're doing here. So spread the word, please. Other ways you can support the show. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash one-on-one. Set up a one-on-one chat with me. Uh, let me know what your challenges are. Sometimes you just need to think out loud. I'll be here. I'll just listen. Maybe I can make some recommendations. Maybe I can help you connect with the right people that can uh, solve your problems. Or at the very least, I'll have a new subject matter. I'll go get somebody on the show to answer your your, your challenges or to give you the, give you the answers to your, your problems, your challenges. And, um use my links guys if there's a product or service that's mentioned on the show Use my links or shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Some of these products and services have affiliate programs. If they do, I sign up. If I refer you to a new technology, to a new resource, to a new service, sometimes I get a commission, and it's at no extra expense to you, and that money goes towards allowing me to continue putting this content out and to take this resource to the next level. There's so much I still want to do, but I need the resources, so uh, support the show, like I said, by just using those links or letting me know if you're interested in something and I'll connect you personally with the right people. Um, that's all today, guys. Thank you so much. If you have left those five-star reviews, um, they, they help so much. And uh, just keep on doing the work, guys. Keep showing up. Uh, keep on trying to be a better version of yourself than you were the day before. Surround yourself with incredible people. Your time will come. You are unstoppable. Until next time, peace out.